It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All of my life. It's been all about me. Now I am learning. It's all about me. Yes, I'm learning. I'm learning to live your love. I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning to live your love. All right, Dr. Glenn Owl here with Following Jesus 9 on the Attitude of Gratitude podcast menu in this, our series, titled after and featuring segments from the audiobook Following Jesus in a Narcissistic World. If our previous program, number eight, is where you joined us for the first time, I guess uh, it's kind of like that commercial and I'm really, really dating myself here. The theme, the slogan was, Where's the beef? Based purely on number eight, you may be wondering, Where's the audiobook? Well, we have it. And in this program, number nine, you're going to get quite a bit of it. With the exception of our first program, more than has been featured in any of our segments thus far. Our previous program, from first to last, was commentary. Listening to audiobook segments is relatively a new thing in the decades-long run of the Attitude of Gratitude. One of the things I enjoy about it is that I get to be a listener along with you. The audiobooks and the hard copy books are designed for review, especially if you happen to be a Thanksgiving exercise practitioner. Because of the life application, how-to nature of the material, all of it is intended to serve merely as a guide to the real source of its authority, the Bible, God's Word. The very nature of our narcissistic environment is so overwhelming that if you were to try to stay mentally poised to be cognizant of the brainwashing hitting us from every direction, at every level. For one thing, you really wouldn't have very much mental time to get other things done. But even if you were able to be that alert and that cognizant, there would be so much that would be working on you subconsciously. Yes, it does get through to all of us. On the other hand, as is the case with all generations of individuals alive today, repetition has been downplayed. It's been avoided in the structure of modern-day education. In pretty much all schools of education, training our teachers, it's been taught, it's been drilled into their heads. Of course, if you're a teacher, in your head. <laughs> that too much repetition, in some cases, any repetition, suppresses creativity. 
But that doesn't mean that repetition has been lost on today's psychology of human manipulation. In any school of advertising, students will learn that regardless of how creative your message may be, attempting to sell a particular product or to win listeners over to a particular idea or even to a way of thinking. It's pretty much a rule of thumb that the targeted audience will require a minimum of seven exposures before the message will actually be absorbed. When it comes to the constant brainwashing of our narcissistic world, if you truly give yourself to the TE, if you truly give yourself to devotional Bible study practices, you'll not only appreciate the advantage of repetition, you will come to enjoy it. In the case of my own practice of the TE, I sometimes find myself focusing on one person or one circumstance for which I want to express gratitude and that focus may occupy my constant expression of gratitude in the form of prayer throughout any particular given day. Now, though I'm well on my way to once again bloviating, I'm going to stop myself right here. Let's listen to not only the conclusion of chapter 2, but also the beginning of chapter 3. We'll let our reading close out the program with the little cherry on top of the informational Sunday being the angelic sound, as usual, of that group I call the Jimmy Durante Choir. <laughs> Can you handle the truth? It takes a fearlessly realistic and honest individual indeed to take on the challenge of Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That challenge is missed entirely by everyone who comes to Jesus solely for relief from the harshness of reality. The individual looking for a savior who is available when there is the perception of a need, yet tucks conveniently in one's pocket or purse, will become disillusioned, in some cases bitterly, not with Jesus Christ, but with the idol, the trinket they created for themselves and in the process will pass through the revolving door of a local church to the next dangling shiny trinket of counterfeit truth. And in many cases, the next time, if that person is fortunate enough to have someone share Jesus Christ with them, they will confidently respond, been there, done that. The third subtitle, in a nutshell. When the goal of following Jesus is to make the journey as instantly gratifying as getting behind the wheel in which we are in sole control, traveling in a climate control environment miles a minute, the debris of such counterfeit Christianity is for all to see on both sides of the broad highway. 
when almost as many married Christian couples are divorcing as are the unchurched, when almost as many individuals are exiting out the back door of the churches as are entering the front door, when many Christians do not seem to be demonstrably happier than the non-Christian, these are just a few of many irrefutable proofs that there are many wearing the Christian brand who are not, in fact, really Jesus' disciples. Perhaps you heard Grandma say, the Lord helps those who help themselves. The more precise truth is that as you follow Jesus, he will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Romans 6:23 But listen to this carefully He will do nothing absolutely nothing for you that you can and must do for yourself that you can and must do in the ongoing work of you doing your part in your saving relationship with him, Matthew 10, 22. It's astonishing how such a simple truth becomes either muddled or completely lost. Everyone, Christian or not, understands that a relationship by definition involves the active participation of two parties. How is it that any of us could miss that all-important ingredient in our own saving relationship with Jesus Christ? When you follow Jesus as he leads the way, you will never lose sight of the fact that it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. But a saving relationship with Jesus Christ is nevertheless a relationship. The goal of this work, following Jesus in a narcissistic world, is to place your responsibility in that saving relationship squarely before you. As daunting as following Jesus may seem, it is only through him that the inescapable difficulties of life will be not only victorious and rewarding, but will be experienced with a serenity that defies human understanding. Matthew eleven twenty nine, and Philippians 4, 7. In keeping with the goal of this material, the next chapter will primarily expose frequently promoted and well-protected lies that do nevertheless influence the thinking and behavior of all of us. And then the next chapter will address the more serious business of your taking what is sometimes referred to as a personal inventory in which you will be challenged to examine yourself, your denial, and most importantly, who is really on the throne of your life. The upcoming chapter 3 identifies not only the spiritual and moral bankruptcy of the human thinking process when God is removed from the equation, but intellectual bankruptcy and absurdities as well. It also highlights how the very blessings those of us who 
live in a man-made utopia, blessings we all take for granted to a certain extent, most of which we actually consider necessities of life. How unwitting reliance on such things can easily, even naturally, become our most formidable obstacle to faithfully following Jesus. An individual knows when he or she turns from an utterly pagan influence or in the name of Christ rejects the destructiveness of an explosive temper or refuses to be caught in an obviously compromising situation. But an individual who serves God at her or his convenience because he or she is used to doing everything else at her or his convenience because that's simply the way we do things today, may very well be allowing required service and self-sacrifice to elude them altogether, resulting in a life that's actually purely self-centered, even though it's disguised with Christian-looking clothing even by the very person wearing the outfit. Those truths you are to look for in Chapter 3. Chapter 3, The Times Knowing about the Savior, or even having a personal acquaintance with Him, is not the same as knowing the truth that He promised would result from faithful discipleship. The truth He promised would free us up to be all we can be for Him. After all, isn't knowing God's will personally and being fully utilized as instruments of His will the ultimate quests and goals of every Christian, Matthew 6:10. In Jesus, present in our lives in the person of the Holy Spirit, we are embraced, directed, and carried by the truth personified. But our Lord has purposely not installed the feature of autopilot because he did not create us to be robots. Ironically, the very critics who are likely to charge Christians with a blind faith and lockstep mentality are far more likely to be swept up in the latest trend or be shaped by a herd mentality than any Christian willing to roll up his or her sleeves with a working willingness to, as the serenity prayer puts it, accept the things I cannot change, have the courage to change the things I can, and seek the wisdom to know the difference. Compare Proverbs 4, 7. The very concept of Jesus being the light and our letting our lights shine is based upon the understanding that while the unbeliever seeks concealment of darkness, the follower of Jesus boldly exposes her or himself to the light of day seeking accountability and taking personal responsibility before both God and man. John 1, 4 and 5, Matthew 5, 14 through 16, and James 5, 16. Have you ever enjoyed the atmosphere of a romantic little place with a subdued flicker of candlelight, only to return at a later date for a quick lunch, perhaps, discovering in the harsh light of day smudged tabletops, stained chairs, and a, a sticky floor. It's amazing what darkness can hide, especially when it is dressed up 
with a sophisticated ambience. This Bible study will first shine the light of truth on your world because recognizing problems which exist out there is most natural and palatable. Secondly, this Bible study under the direction of the Holy Spirit will focus that same light upon you to help you with revealing self-discovery. Your personal examination will, of course, be the most difficult of the two of these divine reality checks, but it will also be the most immensely rewarding. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.